Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hi, Katie. How are you? Doing great. How about yourself, Keith? Good. I can see you again for, hey. for, for a week or, was it two weeks? What, one I week? wonder if the people will hear the difference when we can see so. each other. I feel like <laughs> we, we, we had a week where my, my internet connection was wonky, so I couldn't see you on Zoom. It, is, it makes for a better conversation always. We've always found that with our guests as well. So it's nice to be able to see you and and know when you're going to stop talking, I think, is the most important part of seeing somebody. Now it'll be an incredible fake out where it's going to be a terrible show and the, <laughs> it just will not have any flow. Talking um, all over each other. Exactly. Um, <laughs> as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Taylor Swift's Fearless, Taylor's version, returns to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, jumping from number 157 to number one after the release of its final LP and a signed CD. How Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga's second collaborative album, Love for Sale, debuts in the top 10 on the Billboard 200 and makes chart history over on the jazz charts, and how Elton John gets his first top 40 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 since 1999 with his collaboration with Dua Lipa, Cold Heart. Also on the show, we've got news about Adele going live on Instagram to share a little taste of her new song, Easy on Me. Silk Sonic announcing the release date for their debut album, and Jesse Nelson teaming up with Nicki Minaj for her first solo single after leaving Little Mix. So stick around for all that in just a bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat, and uh, feel free to jump in at any point, Katie. I will. It's just a lot of me talking about numbers. I'll take visual and, cues from you as to when I should jump in. Because you can <laughs> see me. Because I can me. see you. I can see you. Um, okay, first up, Taylor Swift's Fearless Taylor's version, of course, which is the re-recorded 2021 version of her 2008 album, Fearless, returns to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart for a second non-consecutive week as the album surges from 157 to number one with 152,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending October 7th, and that is up just 1,931% compared to the previous week. That's all. 
Golly, you might be wondering what in the world happened. Well, she released a signed CD on October 1st that was available only in her web store. And in fact, you on October 1st, you couldn't actually go buy it in her store at that point. It was only available like a few weeks ago in September as a pre-order. And she exhausted that pre-order, and then they all got shipped out for October 1st. So She can only sign so many CDs, guys. Her hand is in a permanent claw shape, that according is what to her she Twitter said. account. And I remember when we reported on that tweet, there are no accidents in Taylor World. So, you know, I had a feeling there, this, was there, all for, there was, this was all for some reason. And I believe the reason has transpired this weekend right she, here. <laughs> she wasn't just doing it out of the kindness of her heart. Right, like, right. To sign I mean, that, that too. I mean, she does that. love her fans. Yeah, she I mean, loves yeah. her fans. Um, So she released a signed CD on October 1st through her web store, and she released the vinyl version of Fearless Taylor's version. So um, all that activity helped drive a big number for the album this week. So of that 152,000 equivalent album units, there were 146,000 of that in album sales, which was up nearly 16,000%. Basically, it didn't sell very much at all the previous week. And of that 146,000 sold, CD sales comprised 77,000, and vinyl LP sales comprised 67,000. And the rest of it, about 2,000, were in digital downloads and cassettes. She's selling cassettes. (laughs) Um, And that 67,000 number for the vinyl album is the fourth largest sales week for a vinyl album since MRC Data began tracking sales in 1991. And of course, uh, if you've been listening to the pod for a while, you know that Taylor has now the numbers one and four biggest selling weeks for a vinyl album because Evermore has the biggest week on vinyl, at least since 1991, uh, when it sold 102,000 copies on vinyl in its opening week. Um, Want to note, I, I glossed right over this, the Fearless Taylor's Version album debuted at number one nearly six months ago on the April 24th dated Billboard 200 chart. So this is the second time this year that Taylor has run an album back to number one months after it was initially number one because she did the same thing with Evermore when the vinyl version of that album came out. Yeah, and uh, Red is upon us November 12th. Yes, yes. And, And that one on November 12th, its vinyl will not come later. So it's, com- it's coming oh, out on CD, it's- digital, and vinyl all in the same day. Oh well, I didn't know that little tidbit. Good to know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, so that's going to be a big old week. That you would assume like it's going to be a big week, which will probably impact that Silk Sonic album that we're mm, talking to talk about. We a little might bit earlier. mention that a little later a little, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Elton John and Dua Lipa's "Cold Heart" Panau remix jumps from number 46 to number 32, becoming John's 58th top 40 hit and Dua's 7th. And it's John's first top 40 hit since 1999, when another collaboration, written in the stars with Leanne Rimes, peaked at number 29 on the March 20th, 1999 dated chart. John actually earned his first top 40 hit over 50 years ago. Wow. When your song first reached the top 40 on the December 26th, 1970 dated chart, it would later peak at number eight in January of 1971. So um, I watched a video this weekend from Panau, or at least one of the gentlemen in Panau, the production team Panau. And it was a video, it was just a short two minute video posted on Instagram 
and it's actually been out a few weeks, I'm just a little bit late to this, that explained how they made Cold Heart. Mm. So um, I will share with our listeners, and you should go seek out Panau's Instagram to watch this for yourself because it's really interesting. Okay. So um, Cold Heart is a mashup of four different Elton John songs. So uh, Panau took um, a little bit of the 1989 song Sacrifice by Elton John to create the verse that starts the song. Then they had Dua Lipa sing a bit of Elton's 1972 single Rocket Man and the 1983 song from Elton again, Kiss the Bride, to create the chorus. So the part where she says, and I think it's going to be a long, long time, is from Rocket Man. Right. And then she ends the chorus with, and uh, she says, and this is what I should have said is from Kiss the Bride. Okay, that but part you, I did not know. Which, if if you're listening to this, if you're listening to Cold Heart for the first time, you're going in cold to Cold Heart. I was just, <laughs> I was going to make the same joke. Okay, yes. And you're not familiar with Elton John's songs, you would just think it's all one wholly new track. I feel like even like a casual pop fan would be able to, of course, pick out the Rocket, Rocket Man. Man chunks right. easily. That's that's the most identifiable. But maybe maybe if all you knew was Rocket Man, what you might think is, oh, there's this new song where they sing Rocket Man in it and the rest of it's new. Right. Not realizing it's actually Sacrifice, Kiss the Bride, Rocket Man, and it's a like, fourth song. A, well, I'll get to the fourth song, but I'm just going to say it's like a quilt of Elton John songs, like a patchwork. It's it's a pastiche patchwork yes. mashup. <laughs> um, so and then the the so this was the song that I mean, if you didn't know, you wouldn't identify it. But the outro of Cold Heart, where you hear this kind of choir in the background, mm. that's actually a sample of a choir singing on the 1976 Elton song "Where's the Shiraz." Mm. I mean, it's just an interesting sort of assemblage of Elton John yeah. tracks. Well, and, and the good part about it is like, it's actually, it's a great song. The The end product creates a very listenable song. It doesn't sound like a bizarre, you know, mishmash of things. It sounds like a complete song. And it that's proven in the fact that like, this has been out for a bit. We were excited when it just hit the, the Hot 100 alone. But right. now, when it's climbed back up to be, you know, back to the top, or not back to, to the top 40 for the first time, then you know, oh, this is a, a hit because people are listening to it, you know, continuously. Yeah, it's, it's not just a weird fluke that Keith and Katie right. like. Um, well, and uh, as we reported, and maybe you were about to say this, but it's... I probably am. Okay. Yep. Well, yep. I'm going to say it instead. <laughs> it's uh, potentially on track to be number one in the UK, which would be is- very cool. That is correct. It's it's right now it's being forecast that Cold Heart could hit number one on the official UK singles chart this Friday, October 15th. And if it does, it will be Elton's eighth number one and Dua's third. Very um, cool. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, I've actually written a lot about this recently. Um, looking at Elton John's number ones in the UK, it is such an eclectic, weird mix of things. Yes, yes. Things you would never expect to be number one. Follow Just, Keith on, on socials, by the way. Fascinating. Follow I can't, Katie I on socials. Like, well, I'm I'm very uninteresting, and I, I don't, uh, I do not post <laughs> enough. I don't post enough. I'm most, 
Keith has great fun facts on on socials that are little tidbits. I mean, sometimes as an editor, I read them and think, Keith, that should be an article probably (laughs) because I'm like, this is very interesting. And I learned a lot from Keith's socials over this weekend because of uh, the crazy UK number ones that Elton has had. Like Elton's been number one in the UK as a featured artist on a song called Ghetto Gospel by Tupac. Correct. And apparently Elton didn't do anything on that song. It just samples an old Elton song, and they gave him artist credit. Why not? sure. Why not? <laughs> um, okay, lastly, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga's second collaborative album, Love for Sale, debuts at number eight on the Billboard 200 with 41,000 units earned. And the pair's first project, this of course follows the pair's first project, Cheek to Cheek, which debuted at number one in 2014. Love for Sale is a covers collection of songs written by Cole Porter. Cheek to Cheek featured renditions of favorites from the American Songbook by an assortment of songwriters. Uh, Love for Sale is the 95-year-old Bennett's sixth top 10, and it's Lady Gaga's 10th top 10. Uh, Bennett got his first top 10 album in 1962 with I Left My Heart in San Francisco, and thus... He now has a 59-year span of top 10 albums, the longest span of top 10s for a living artist. Love for Sale also atop, also atops, also arrives atop both Billboard's traditional jazz albums chart and the overall jazz albums chart. And on the traditional jazz albums chart, it's been its 15th number one, break him, breaking him out of a tie with Harry Connick Jr., for the most number ones in the 54-year history of the chart. And we're talking about some living legends today because, like, Elton scoring his first top 40 50 years ago and Tony having a 59-year span of top 10 albums, uh, just absolute chart legends. It's a a good week for um, chart legends and people who love talking about the charts. That's us. Hey. (laughs) So, um, you know, Billboard actually reported about this. uh, Love for Sale is eligible for the upcoming Grammy Awards, which might surprise surprise some people (laughs) um, paying attention to the release schedule. Um, The eligibility year for the upcoming awards closed on September 30th, so you might be wondering... If Love for Sale was released on October 1st, how does it qualify for the Grammys? Well, uh, as we reported, the album actually had a couple of its configurations released on September 30th, one day early, in order to qualify for the Grammys. Hmm. So could the Gra- could the album get a Grammy nomination? I mean, let's be honest. This is a good track record for Tony, especially, and for, and for Gaga as well. Last time around, um, Cheek to Cheek ended up nominated for and won the Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album category. A category that, by the way, Bennett has won 13 times in the 30 years and has been presented. Which, Keith remembers our guest for the Grammy episode one year, uh, Josh Josh Groban. Groban. I was going to say, I'm like, didn't Josh Groban name check Tony and Benny? He's like, I'm not going to win because Tony Bennett's up in this category, right? 100%. And he was right. Tony Bennett yeah. won <laughs> the year that Josh was nominated when we spoke with him. Now, so, I want to say Tony yeah. Bennett has not won every time he's been nominated in this category. Mm. He he lost a couple times to Michael Bublé. Okay. And he, I think he lost one, but I think, I think he's been nominated 16 times and won 13. But it's, if there's anything that is a sure bet to win this category, it's a Tony Bennett project. Uh, 100%. So, yeah. And yeah. so one of the things that I just wanted to say, because 
I think that Gaga and Tony are so interesting because there's a lot of these kind of, you know, one-off quirky collaborations, especially between a guy like Tony who does, you know, standards and things and, and pairing him with the younger generation. It's something that was done. I think, uh, both well, Frank Sinatra was alive and posthumously. Didn't he get paired with a bunch of like contemporary pop stars? I mean, yeah. I mean, Frank Sinatra did the duets album. That was Mm -hmm. a huge success where it was collaborations with a lot of sort of, you know, uh, current, uh, contemporary stars, but it was still, it was him on every track with a bunch of other people. Or, you know, Tony Bennett ha- has had his own duets projects where it was him and lots of other people. Very um, famously, he teamed up with Amy Winehouse for a song. And it's one of these things where you'd expect that to be like a wacky pairing. But in the case of Gaga and um, Tony Bennett, I think it can't be overstated like where Lady Gaga was when they uh, like initially paired up, where she was the like avant-garde pop you know super out there pop star um that she kind of was introduced she isn't the current she isn't what she is now which is like an like a two-time academy award nominated you know singer and actress who took home the oscar for a star is born and right. now she's going to be in house of gucci it's like very different time in 2014 when cheek to cheek came out but obviously, uh, Tony and his team saw like what an incredible musician and vocalist she was, and you know had she had a history, like a background of like jazz vocal stylings that none of us knew about. An incredible she, student of jazz, she like knows way more about jazz than any of us. <laughs> yeah, and so obviously this the original album Cheek to Cheek came out of left field and it was a whole album a whole project and then since then they've continued to be in each other's lives gaga has uh, performed with tony at the hollywood bowl years after that cheek to cheek um that's right they had a tour together they actually had a short tour together didn't they, they? Yeah. they've like been really i mean i feel like gaga has kind of like been taken into the tony bennett family and then obviously we've learned so much about tony's health and and Gaga has been super outspoken about being, you know, supportive of Tony and his family as he's fought um, Alzheimer's, continues to fight Alzheimer's. And then they made the second album. So, like, this, 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 like, creative partnership continues. And once again, with a top 10 album and a number one jazz album. It's, and it's just, it's so fruitful it's, and so lovely. It's one, it's, it's de lovely, as some might say. <laughs> exactly. It's one thing to do like a one off track, but to do a full album and then two albums in full, that's commitment. And that yeah. says more than just doing like a one off random track. It says more about the collaboration and it says more about how these two people, you know, feel about each other, both sort of creatively, commercially, and as, you know, friends. Like they wouldn't yes. have done this had they didn't feel, you know, like it was like a great thing to do together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I think I wish we could see more things like this. I wish we could see more kind of unlikely pairings that bear incredible fruit in such uh, a way. Yeah, abs- I totally agree. And uh, if you haven't already, you know, go watch all of the music videos that have come out so far for this new album, because you can really see, the dynamic between the two of them and how sweet it is. And I mean, it truly, it feels like a, like a grandpa granddaughter relationship or something. It's really loving and sweet. And I, I love everything about it. Two, two uh, New Yorkers getting together, you know, exactly. Did, did you watch the 60 minutes? Uh, I did. My mom, my mom immediately told me you got to watch this. And there's a really uh, just the, the moment emotional where moment, Gaga yeah. comes out on stage that moment. 
Yes. And yeah. she she's so I mean, like he remembers her name, which just seems like such a simple detail. But when you're dealing with somebody who's going through any sort of dementia, that little you know thing is very, very powerful. So. All right, let's take a look at some of the biggest headlines over on Billboard.com this week. Um, So we mentioned this at the top of the show. Adele unexpectedly played about 40 seconds of her new single, Easy On Me, for fans Saturday afternoon via Instagram Live. The singer had an hour to kill before an interview, so she hopped onto Instagram Live to chat. Sure. (laughs) Right. Toward the end of her time uh, logged on with her fans, she gifted those tuning in with a taste of the new ballad. Um, you can actually hear some lyrics in the snippet, which you couldn't in the original um, kind of piano teaser she posted, um, including, quote, there ain't no gold in this river that I've been washing my hands in forever. And there is hope in these waters, but I can't bring my sw- myself to swim when I'm drowning in this silence. Baby, let me in. Woof. I mean, come we're, on. We're just all going to cry. It's We're all going to cry when she puts this new song out. Um, and some familiar names popped up in the uh, Instagram live chat as thousands of followers joined in to listen, including Alicia Keys, who chimed in with the comment, Snippet Vibes, <laughs> which I appreciated. And uh, Ben Platt simply said, in all caps, when she started playing the song, it's happening. <laughs> So, Keith, you actually texted me because you noticed that she went live. I I was oblivious. I was, you know, doing whatever on a Saturday. I was, actually at, I was actually at brunch on Saturday. So it was, it was shockingly not with my children. I was at brunch. Then I got your text <laughs> and was like, oh, uh, that's crazy. So you you actually like tuned in for a piece of it when it was literally happening. Yeah, I just happened. I mean, I just happened. I mean, as one does, you just happen to go onto Instagram and I'm looked at the top and suddenly it's like because i follow adele it said adele's live i'm like what (laughs) and immediately i click on it and apparently she had already been live for like a half an hour apparently because she was on for like 40 minutes a long time and i just happened to catch like the last 15 and you know she's just being funny and engaging with people and like answering random questions about you know someone asked her you know uh what's is the al- what's the album about and she was like divorce you know <laughs> and then someone asked her like did you have a favorite song on the album she's like i do but i'm not going to tell you because you don't have the track list yet no spoilers <laughs> and then at the end of it she's like you know i'm going to play you a little bit of the song i don't know if i'll get in trouble and then she plays it i'm sort of losing it because i'm like adele is live playing you know a track and of course it was amazing because, you know, it's Adele. Yeah. Um, but I also thought what was funny um, was that she she's never apparently never used Instagram Live before, and she didn't know how to use Instagram Live. And she was like, I'm getting all these requests from people asking me to, to go live with them, but it's saying I should go into their room. I don't, where's their room at? <laughs> and she's like, well, hold on. And then, of course, you see the celebrities like Alicia Keys and Troy Sivan and others are like, you need help? I can help you, girl. Like, what do you need? <laughs> And then she's like, hold on, I've got some of my mates here. Maybe they can help me. <laughs> and then she calls someone over and you hear someone whispering, don't do it. No, don't. don't yeah, do not, do not accept the, the live requests. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know where they're at. You know? Stay and where like, you are. <laughs> it was funny because she was like, I don't know why they're whispering. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then so I'm like, I wonder if, so Katie and I know one of Adele, well, her, Adele's publicist. Her publicist. And so I'm like, I wonder if the publicist is there. He's. They've got to be there. So I texted and I'm like, 
uh, I'll help. If do you mean to go on Instagram live? He's like, I'm sure. Um, so I don't think I don't think I'm revealing anything by how he jokingly no. texted back. But um, it was a very cute moment, and um, um, it was just it was what a remarkable kind of like surprise I'm on Instagram live yeah. and it's kind of one of those things where you're like she may never do this again but she just felt like yeah. doing it and I'm sure it was all completely planned and coordinated but she's so good at making it, it seem effortless it felt very <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah um and you you can actually watch the the replay of it now on uh, billboard.com which I did and I was cracking up because somebody was telling her to like tour you know like come to come to brazil or whatever brazil. people were shouting at her and she's like still a bit of covid love <laughs> <laughs> so not trying to internationally tour just yet um yeah what okay. else did she reveal like her favorite spice at nando's which is a uk <laughs> fast food sort of chicken chain uh hilarious she, oh she she someone asked her what her favorite album of the year was and she said it was drake's album oh okay that's a good um, reveal um, yeah, but I mean, there were like, it, but you know, when we've gone so long without sort of anything, mm-hmm. just like even the most sort of like tiniest tidbit was like this incredible juicy moment. Yes, 100%. Anyway. And just having her personality back in our lives in general. Um, just having her like with her fingernails tap yes. on like the cell phone. Everyone was just like, ASMR, I'm clicking. loving the fingernails, the clicking. <laughs> Um, so as we said on last week's show, Easy on Me will be out first thing Friday, and it's the first taste from Adele's highly anticipated fourth album, which still does not have a release date or a title, though. As of right now. As of this second, as of this taping, though fans are pretty convinced it will be called uh, 30, so we will we will sit, we'll be patient, and we will wait. We'll be happy we're getting the song on Friday. Um, in a surprise move, Silk Sonic, the duo of Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars, will release their debut studio album, An Evening with Silk Sonic, on November 12th. So the album will include their Billboard Hot 100 number one hit, Leave the Door Open, as well as the top 20 follow-up single, Skate. And the duo had originally said that the project wouldn't be out until early 2022. So the November release date came as a bit of a surprise. Mm. Um, Also a surprise, Silk Sonic chose the exact same date that Taylor Swift had just announced for her red Taylor's version release. Um, now, as we said, I think last week, Taylor was originally set for November 19th, but she moved her release date up a week. Huh. And speaking, I wonder why. speaking of Adele, uh, many fans believe I have to hedge all these things about, you know, is the album called 30? Did Taylor, uh, you know, vacate her date because of Adele? We don't know, but many fans believe that Taylor left that original November 19th release date because that's when Adele's next album is rumored to come out. So we will we will wait and we will see. There's only so many weeks left in the year for you to release music, and you know, uh, I was telling Katie earlier we've got a new we've got the first ABBA album in 40 years coming out mm. on November 5th. Mm-hmm. We have Silk Sonic and Red Taylor's version coming out on November 12th. We have possibly Adele, if you believe rumors, coming out on November 19th, and. That's just that's just four releases in November. Who yeah. knows what else might drop out of the sky in the next few weeks? Yeah. So stay tuned to Billboard.com as uh, these are some big releases we will definitely be uh, keeping you posted about. And finally, uh, Jessie Nelson released her debut solo single, Boys, on Friday featuring Nicki Minaj. And uh, this follows, of course, her 2020 exit from Little Mix. The song is a play off Diddy's Bad Boy for Life from 2001, so let's take a quick listen. I like a bad, bad boy. You know I like a bad, bad boy. I like a 
Now, the video also plays off Bad Boy for Life, and it's funny. I watched the boys' video when it came out last week, and I definitely felt like it you know, had the vibe of a late 90s, early 2000s hip-hop video, not realizing that it's like nearly a shot-for-shot remake of the original Bad Boy for Life video from Diddy. And Diddy mm. himself actually even cameos in the clip as the neighbor character that Ben Stiller played in the 2001 original. Uh-huh. So there's all sorts of just callbacks and, and you know, it's not a surprise. Jesse has talked a lot about the music that inspired her growing up was R&B and hip hop from the nineties and early two thousands. And if this song is any indication, clearly the vibe she's going for um, with this solo music, it's definitely a fun song in a video and it will be interesting to see how well it does both in the UK and in the U S and it's, you know, always tricky to be the first member to go solo from a famous boy band or girl group. Um, yeah. But it obviously worked out well for, you know, Zane and Camila Cabello. So um, those Jerry are probably Hallowell. the most recent examples. Uh, Jerry, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you... Robbie you, Williams. You wonder, you know, if the fans of the group will follow you. And I'd say with Zane and Camila that they definitely stuck with them. And then obviously... Diana Ross. Oh, yeah. That's a good example. There you go, Jesse. <laughs> just follow the Diana Ross blueprint. Just, no pressure. You're fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check that song and, and video out if you have not already. It's uh, super fun. And Nikki, I feel like Nikki uh, adds like the perfect touch to it, too. All right, now it's time. For the chart stat of the week. Ten years ago, Rihanna's We Found Love, featuring Calvin Harris, debuted on the Hot 100. The track entered the list dated October 8th, 2011 at number 16, and jumped to number one on the November 12th dated chart for its first of ten weeks atop the list. Now, of Rihanna's 14 number one so far, We Found Love remains her number one with the most weeks at number one. We Found Love would finish 2012 as the year-end number eight biggest song on the Hot 100, while its music video would take home the Grammy Award for Best Short Form Music Video. Since We Found Love, Rihanna has charted three more number ones, Diamonds in 2012, Work as, uh, sorry, Since We Found Love, Rihanna has charted three more number ones, Diamonds in 2012, as the featured act on Eminem's The Monster in 2013, and Work, featuring Drake in 2016. She was last in the top 10 in 2017 through her featured role on DJ Khaled's Wild Thoughts alongside Bryson Tiller. So there you have it. Ten years ago, Rihanna found another hit, on the Hot 100. Get it? Found another hit with We Found Love. Right. We've reached the end of our big shoe. Um, any partying words, Katie? No. Not. <laughs> We've had, a, we've had a wide and varied show. Tony Bennett, yeah, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, yes, Jesse, Silk Sonic, Adele, Adele, It's actually Adele. kind of exciting. There's so much to talk about right now in music. Like, I, you know, like we actually had like lots of news items to choose from that we cast to the side. It's fun to have all this, you know, these discussion topics. Um, did you want to go out on one of, uh, well, what did you want to go out on? 
Ah, well, now I want to know what you were going to say. <laughs> I, I was going to say, did you want to go out on uh, one of ABBA's two new songs? Perhaps. Uh, oh, I actually haven't down. heard them. So I would what? like to do that. I have not heard the new ABBA songs. Um, so I think the answer is yes. And maybe another listener who is in my shoes will be happy to hear a, a taste before they check them out in full. Then we'll go out on uh, ABBA's Don't Shut Me Down. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Unlike a dream, within a dream that's been decoding, I'm fired up, I'm off, don't shut me down. I'm not the one in you. I'm not in this one. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.